Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So today we want to kind of continue on to what we talked about Sunday and we talked about offense. But, uh, you know, we had to continue on talking about it. Now, this, the title of this message is Seed of Forgiveness. That's the title of this message. And, you know, we got a lot of, my wife got texts and calls. A lot of people are just trying to figure out how do you forgive somebody who, who hurts you, who did a lot of stuff to you and just did a lot of bad things to you. So we had just this discussion here in the woman's side of it, here in the man's side of it. And sometimes it's harder for women, because mainly our women, because they go through so much, they carry so much, they do so much, and then when they get hurt, so it's more, it's not as easy to forgive. You want to, but it's not as easy, because they expect so much out of men, and men hurt. So we, both sides, you know, I'm not saying one side always get hurt, but both sides have to take accountable, and that's, and that's so important. So I want to, you know, talk to you about that, and then sometimes it's not easy to just forgive. You know, and we're here, we're ministers here. We're, we're telling you the spiritual side of things. But sometimes you may have to get a therapist. You may have to go through counseling. You may, and Christian, hopefully it's a Christian counselor, Christian therapist, to just help you walk through this, to help you walk through it. The Bible said in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. So everyone need help to walk through this situation. It's not easy sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You say forgive. Yeah, but you don't know how deep that pain was. So I just wanted to make that clear, and I want you to, but I, I want to talk to you about the, the danger of holding the unforgiveness. It's so dangerous for you. I know what happened, I know it hurt, I know what she did, he did, or your work, whatever the person did, but the danger for you as a Christian, the spiritual side said we should not hold on to it, and you have to release it. So when I was praying, when I got this uh, call that I was going to be doing this message, I said, uh, well, what's the word going to be? And how, talking to my wife, how are we gonna, people going to deal with forgiveness? How is it going to happen? How can you do it if somebody passed, if somebody gone, and, you know, they didn't hurt you? Now, how are you going to do this? So when I came up with the word, the Holy Spirit gave me the word, seed of forgiveness, it's going to start with a seed. He says it's going to start with a seed. So if you look at it, if we, uh, forgiveness is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. So the action or process. So that's what I want to talk to you about, the process. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes, you know, like I said, it takes a process. So the process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular in. So it's steps. So it's actions and steps that you may have to do, but the end, the end is wholeness and peace. That's what we want. As spiritual leaders, we want you to be whole. We want you to be, have peace in your, your mind. So, so, so the actions and steps, so it's steps you may have to take. So wholeness only can come through Jesus Christ. It only can come through Jesus Christ. You know, money can't bring you wholeness, a bigger house can't bring you wholeness, a peace, nice car, woman, man. Jesus is the only one that can heal a wounded soul. 
He's the only one that can heal a wounded soul. And most people think, well, if I can just get a better house, if I can get just a better car, if I can just get more stuff, 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 I can just fill the void. That void would never be filled by stuff. You know, the Bible said in Luke 12, 15, in the New King James Version, he said, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. So you can have all this stuff, but that's not going to fulfill the void. Stuff don't, you know, people think when you come to church, you got a nice car, you got a nice house. Oh, they're blessed, but they can be wounded. You know what I'm saying? So you can see a, a young lady or a young man who's just driving a, a Toyota or just living in the apartment, but they hold. And that's what God wanted to give you, because you can have all that stuff and people jumping out the windows and killing themselves with stuff. You know what I'm saying? Stuff. And, and, and 3 John, what, 2, it said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. God wants us to prosper in all things and be in health, that your soul may prosper. So God wants all of those things to be in health, prosper, but your soul is prosper, because that's what the enemy is trying to get the soul of a man. He wants that soul because everything comes out of the soul. When you hurt, all the bad stuff come out. Everything going to come out. Hurting people hurt people. So when you get your soul uh, healed, and then you can respond different to different things. Amen? And like I said, uh, seed of forgiveness, nugget number one, if you have that, it says starts with a seed. It starts with a seed. And if you have your Bibles, which is Bible study, I hope you're writing it down or whatever. It said First uh, Corinthians 3, 6. And I don't think I give them this scripture, but in the New King James verse, it said, I planted Apollo's water, but God gives the increase. So you're planting the seed. So you're planting the seed. It's not going to happen overnight, but at least you plant the seed. You have to plant the seed. It starts with the seed. And then this is scripture. I got John 12, 24. If you have you, I should have this scripture. John 12, 24. In the New King James Verse. It said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat or a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much rain. So you plant the seed, it dies, and then it's going to produce fruit. But you have to plant the seed. And sometimes, like I said, it's hard. Sometimes you got to put desire in your heart. Some people say, well, I, I, you know, some people love to just continue on with the bitterness. That's just their pet, pet that they just always, and they're gossiping and talking to people. They don't want to let it go. So therefore, they don't, they don't want to let it go. So you don't want to get healed. Now, I remember one time I wanted to do something. I was first got saved, and I wanted to go to this big Christian concert or something, and it was just a, a, a large amount of money. I'm a single father, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just not going to go. I just kept telling everybody, I'm not going. I'm not going, because I couldn't afford it. I'm not going. I'm going. Some per person came to me, and he said, do you want to go? I said, yeah, I do want to go. He said, well, you got a purpose in your heart that you want to go. You tell God that you want to go. You plant the seed. And then watch it happen. And I thought about it. I was like, God, I do want to go. I said, I, I was kept saying, I, I'm not going because I, I just kept saying. But soon when I said, yes, I want to go, I planted the seed in my heart. And God is my witness. 
about a week later, whatever, I was just, just praising God, praising God. A person at the church came up to me, an older couple, said, God put you in my heart. You know, everybody going to this concert and whatever, we just bought, me and my son, I, had, I was raising my son, he was 12 years old. He said, we bought you and your son a ticket to go to the concert. But it didn't start until I made a decision in my heart that, that I wanted to go. So you have to make the decision in your heart, I want to forgive the person. I want this, this, this hurt and this pain out of my life. I want it out. So when you make that decision, God is going to just plant the seed. Just plant the seed and watch God heal your soul. Just, um, just start by sowing the seed of forgiveness. The feeling is in the process and the steps. So the feeling's not going to, listen, it's not, you're not going to just feel it all. Just feel, but sow the seed in the process and the steps. And then the feeling was coming. We're going to talk about that, what you have to do for that. Because I really wanted to, like Sunday, I talked about, you know, unforgiveness. But I, I'm more of, I want to show you how to get healed from it. I, want to, I don't want to just preach to you, but I want to show you steps and how to get healed from it. And the steps that you can take, it will change your life. But it's going to be done by the word of God. Now, there are steps, of course, like I said, a therapist and different things are going to help you do the process. But this is the spiritual side, what we're teaching, to show you how to get out of it. Amen? Uh, Mark 5, 34. I think it's Mark 5, 34. This is in the new, the NIV version. If you have this in the NIV version. And talking about the process. It said, Jesus said, Mark 5, 34. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. He said, go, the process, steps. He said, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So as she went, she was free from her suffering. So sometimes it takes steps. It takes steps. We as men, we're not as emotional uh, in certain things as women. women. You know, women are very emotional, so it takes longer sometimes. Sometimes a man be like, I'm good. I'm just let it go, let it go. But for a woman, she invested so much in it, so it takes steps. I advise you to do whatever you got to do. Get you a good friend, person, someone to talk to, good friend, someone that's going to help you take the steps to heal, to get healed from this situation. Nugget uh, number two. You have it on there. Jesus meant what he said. Jesus meant what he said. Mark 11, 20. 526. And I want you to read this because it's very important. He said, and whatsoever you stand praying, and whensoever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, this is Jesus talking, forgive them that your Father, underlined in heaven, may also forgive you. Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father Underline in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. So, so this is a serious thing about forgiving because he's saying your father, what are we trying to get to? We're trying to get to heaven. So if your father in heaven not going to forgive you, how are you going to get to heaven? You don't want to miss heaven for nobody. Nobody is that important. No woman, no man, no job, no anything is that important for you to be that offended and you miss heaven. He said, your father in heaven, 
So it's obvious. Come on now. He said, your father in heaven. So it's not that important. He said, we live in, see, we live in a culture where we don't always mean what we say. And most people don't mean what they say. People just blah, 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 and just don't mean what they say. Jesus meant what he said. Everything he said came to pass. He meant what he said. So when you think about that, you got to realize Jesus said this. He said, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven won't forgive you of your trespasses. And like I said, it's a hard process, but you can do it. You, it takes time. And I'm going to show you how. And like Jesus said, it takes time. Everything he said came to pass. Everything Jesus said came to pass. This is scripture I may not have given them, but it's Jeremiah 17, 14. I'm just going to read it. It said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Heal me, O Lord. Sometimes in situations, you got to go before God and, and cry out to God when you're hurting the most. Not to your neighbor, not to your best friend, not to your... Sometimes you just got to go to God and say, God... I was hurt. It hurt. It, it, I, I'm hurt and cry out and just go in that secret place. Everybody should have a secret place, a place if it's in the closet, it's in the belt, wherever you go, just spend time with God. Away from the kids, away from everybody, just get in that place with God so you can hear from God. And, and as you do that, he'll be pouring out on you, healing you. Healing will come, healing will come, and you build a relationship. And a lot of people don't have a relationship with God, so they don't spend time with God, so they don't trust God. Trust comes with time. I know my wife. I trust my wife. We've been 25 years together. So I trust her. We built a relationship together. So that's what a relationship with God is, spending time with him so you can have a relationship with him. And most people don't spend enough time with God to build a relationship. You have to spend time with him. Not those 15 minutes or 10 minutes of this... Just spend time set aside. If you can sit on your phone and stroll through Facebook for an hour, literally, you can put that thing down and just say, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going in my closet, make a little spot in my closet, and just put on worship, read your Bible, and just spend time with God. And as you do that, you get closer and closer, and then you'll be more sensitive to the things of God. You'll, be, you'll hear him clear because you're spending time with him. But if you don't spend time with him, you're in the world, and you're in the flesh, and everything irritates you. Everything. <laughs> you know what I'm serious? Everything. So you have to spend the time with God so you can get a good relationship with him. So you have to watch what you listen to. Watch. You can't listen to everything and everybody. You can't listen to everybody. Your auntie, your uncle, who, who's, who's mean, who's, who, you know, this is the way we do it. This is the way the Jones family do it. No, no, no. I'm not doing it the way you're doing it. Are you doing it the Christian way, or are you doing it your way? Because, you know, grandmother can be right, a grandmother can be this, but she's been doing that. She's been holding business over grandfather for years. But she's telling you the way to do it because that's the way they've been doing it. But have she been forgiven? Has she been walking in forgiveness? See, when you become a Christian, you are a new creation. All my soul ties, everything that was connected to all my family, I'm a new person. I'm starting to fresh. So you got to kill anything that's not going to benefit you in this life as a Christian. Still walk in love with your family, but all those old ways, we, do, we get back at people when people get all this. You can't do all that. If you realize the Bible is everything Jesus said do is opposite of what the world said do. Everything. He said forgive, the world said don't forgive. He said give, the world said give. He 
He said love, the world said hate. Everything is the opposite. So you have to press against the grain to live a Christian life. A Christian life is not just some easy thing. You have to put something into it. You have to study the word and pray and read your Bible and resist the devil. If not, you're not going to want to pray. You're not going to want to. If you don't spend time with him and see things happen, this stuff here, you'll be coming here and our pastor, pulling out his heart, and you sitting there and just bouncing off. You're not really receiving it because you're not your spirit. When I come here on Sunday, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm ready to receive. And like I was telling somebody the other day, I don't come to church before I didn't pray. I get prayed up before I come to church. Yeah, I wake up in the morning. I'm praying and worshiping and reading my Bible. So when I come to church, I'm ready to receive. I don't come to church and just wait, wait for pastor to give, give me something. And he, pastor, didn't, you know, you got to get up and come expecting. And I guarantee if you start doing that and praying and talking to God, you'll come to church and you'll be hearing everything pastor be saying to be what you prayed about. Be like, wow, what? Because y'all, now y'all connecting. Y'all connecting. Your spirit is connecting with your man of God. You know, he is our man of God. He's going to be on point. But you have to do it. Amen? Nugget number three. The seed will, will produce, but you have to water it. The seed will produce, but you have to water it. Every seed gonna produce. Every seed is gonna produce. We planting some plant stuff now. We've been planting and everything. Little seed, little small seed, and uh, we expect it to produce. We expect it to produce. So you're sowing the seed of for forgiveness. It's gonna produce, but you have to water it. You have to water it. Now let's talk about that. But you won't be able to do this in the flesh. The only way you'll be able to do this is in the spirit. You won't be able to do it in the flesh. Let's go to Galatians 5, 16. Everybody should know Galatians. Galatians is a powerful book too. 5, 16. Yeah, let's start at 16. Do you have it? Okay. I'm waiting now until we put it up on the screen. Amen. So let's talk about it. it say, I say then, walk in the spirit. We just said Walking in the spirit, you have to do it in the spirit. And you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And lust just really means a strong craving for something that is forbidden. So lust get a bad name when they talk about sexual sins or whatever. But lust, and you can lust for ice cream, you can lust for, for a lot of things, just a strong craving, a desire for something. So he said, don't lust for, uh, it says, against the flesh, for these things are contrary to one another. For so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now this is what I want to talk to you about. 19 to 20. These are the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. It, it, offense will cause these works right here. These were 17 works of the flesh. Offense is all in there. That's like I said earlier, they, they're cousins. They just love each other to do this. It said, now the works of the flesh are evidence, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. You get mad, you start cussing people out, all this stuff, works of the flesh, selfish ambition, dissension. Now the word dissension is the same thing as sedition. 
basically the same thing as sedition, and that's me inciting people to rebel against authority. You know, you, you, you're in the church, pastor is the leader of the church, he's the pastor of the church, and you got your own little cliques, and you're talking about stuff against pastor, and now you're battling against sedition. That's, that's what you're talking about, all this stuff, and it, it goes on not just in our church, but in everywhere. It goes on a job, goes in a home, people pull their little cliques together on your job and talk about this person. Same thing. So if you're around that type, they're not saying what the man of God is saying, the leadership of him, where he's taking us, you need to get away from Because he, he's the only leader of this church. There's, there's no other. We follow him and Dr. Halp is the only leader of Harvest Church. And wherever they say we got, we got to follow their direction. Can't have our own little cliques and our own little church and this and that. They're, they're our leaders. Amen? So let's continue on. It said, uh, Heresy, we know what that means. Envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelance. He said, and the likes of which I tell you beforehand. Listen to what he said. And just as I also told you in time past, that those which practice, practice. Now, I'm saying you fall into this every now and then, but if you're practicing it, if you keep going on sinning, and you're going on uh, uh, cheating on your wife, you're practicing the sin. You're going on doing something, you're practicing habitually. Uh, he said, practice such things would not inherit the kingdom of God. But the verse I want to talk to you about, listen to 19 said works. Works, that's like wages. You get, you're paying for sin. Basically, you're paying for sin. So you're working for it. But let's look what 22 said. But the fruit, he didn't say fruits, he said, but the fruit of the Spirit. This is how you water the forgiveness. You watered it with the fruit of the Spirit. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against there is no law. So you water it every time the thought come of, of, of so you plant the seed, but every time that thought come, you water it with love. Man, I love that person. I, I love a joy, peace. So you keep putting these fruit in your spirit. So by the time the process comes for you to, to see that person, because you may not be able to walk straight up to the person and say, I forgive you. But you plant the seed in your heart and you said it. So you do the process, the process and the steps of love, joy, kindness. Every time you think of that person, you're thinking, you know, you're trying to think, think goodness of a person, self-control. So by the time you see the person or by the time you walk up to the person after a week or two or however long, you have put all these fruits into your spirit to water kindness. It's easy to say, how you doing, brother? Praise the Lord, how you doing? Hey, shake his hand, whatever. Because you, you can't water it with these, these 17 works, hatred, contention, because it's going to keep on, it'll never heal. Because you, you're not putting fruit. Fruit grows. Everything that he said about fruit died. None of that stuff, fornication, die. Something is die. Sin, the wages of sin is death. Every time you sin, something must die. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. That's why he said confess your sins and ask God to forgive you so life can come back into you. So God, I forgive me for whatever sin I committed. Forgive me for what I did. I forget. Because when, when sin comes in, something starts dying. A man cheat on his wife. Called uh, 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 adultery, the marriage start dying slowly. Everything start dying. That's what sin is. 
See, when Jesus spoke to, when Jesus walked past the tree and he said, uh, uh, when he wanted the fruit from the tree and he said, uh, he actually, they didn't have enough fruit in the tree, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, uh, no one should eat of you ever again. And he walked away, came back the next day and his disciples, what did his disciples say? He said, master, the, the tree that you have cursed have died. Have dried, have um, dried up, or whatever they said. He said, but he didn't curse it. He didn't put a. He just said something negative about it. He said, you should never eat again. But they, they used that as he cursed it. He cursed it. So when you speak negative about something, you're literally cursing it with your mouth. He, he didn't curse it. Jesus didn't put a spell on it or say nothing like that. But his disciples said the tree, it dried up, and Jesus spoke those negative words. He said, you're not going to grow. Never again. So when you start cursing, I mean, talking to your kids, telling them they're not going to do this, you're putting a curse on them by your words. And you're planting a seed, and that seed is going to start growing because it's going to grow in their hearts, and they're going to say, my mom said I'll never be nothing. My dad said I'm stupid. My dad said those old seeds. So you have to watch what you say. Your words are important in the kingdom. Now, in this world, people just say whatever they want to say. They don't have no... no <laughs> filters or nothing. You just say whatever you want to say. But in the kingdom, your words matter. Your words matter. You know, they said Dad Hagen never used to say, talk to much well, unless he's, you know, when he spoke, when you see him. And I remember meeting him one time. I saw him at, uh, at a hospital. I, I regret this to this day. I saw him and his pastor uh, Hagen at uh, St. John Hospital in Tulsa. And I was sitting right across from him. He was just sitting there, just being quiet, reading a book. And I didn't go say nothing, but I regret that to this day. I said, I wish I would even say it and introduce myself. That's when I was going to Raymond. But he just was quiet, wasn't saying nothing, wasn't talking to nobody. But your words matter. Amen? So let's continue on. He said, so your fruit is going to be what you water the forgiveness with. The fruit of the Spirit. Read those fruits. Walk in love. Walk in peace. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in all of those fruits. Amen? So, so. So everyone who is a Christian died with Jesus on the cross, but we must crucify the flesh daily. It's a daily walk. Sow the seed of forgiveness and water it with the fruit of the Spirit. Like I said, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. So you got to keep watering, keep watering. Every time you don't feel, like I said, the feeling is going to catch up. The feeling is going to come. You never feel like doing anything. You don't feel like getting up to go to work in the morning. You don't feel like getting up to just do stuff, but you have to get up. So, but you have to sow the seed and trust God that he's going to heal your heart from this, uh, the fruit of, uh, of, of unforgiveness. So let's go to uh, verse 24 in that same scripture. Let's go to verse 24. He said, and those who are of Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He said, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So as you walk in the spirit, by praying, spending time with God, it will get easier. You know, and I thought about that when I, when I pre preached Sunday. And me and my wife had a discussion about it. She said, you know, some things about the woman's side. 
And, and she made a valid point about, you know, women, you know, women go through more stuff than some of us, and we have to be sensitive to that. And they're more, they're more emotional, so it's more harder. But I just want you to not to hold it in. You know, I don't want you to hold it in. I don't want a, a relationship, bad relationship that you had with your ex, and then you get a husband, and then the same thing that, you know, you thoughts and everything, he came, let's go to the store and leave his phone without you looking at it and nervous of where he's at, where he's at, that same, you gotta get healed from that. So the thing is, we as, as ministers, we're here to show you how to get healed emotionally from the bondage of the yoke of unforgiveness, bitterness, all of that stuff that's in you. Like I said, every Christian who is a Christian, we died with Christ. You died with Christ. When you became a Christian, you died with Christ, but this fleshly desire is still here. Until our uh, body come back, our, you know, we're still here. So you have to crucify this desire because the flesh is a mess. The flesh always want, want, want. It never has enough. I'm telling you, if you don't control this flesh, it will take you straight to hell. It, I'm telling you, you get on drugs, they want more and more drugs. You do this, they want more and more and more. So Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it under subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I may be disqualified. So me as a minister, I have to discipline my body. I have to discipline my thoughts. You know, not, not just if I'm preaching to you, I have to do the same thing. Because I can't come up here and try to tell y'all something that I'm not doing. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not easy. Your flesh want to do something. Your flesh want this ice cream. Your flesh want this. Your flesh don't want to do this. And you just, you give in. Most people just give in to it because you don't have the word, the word to help you resist it. This last one I'm going to go to, it said, uh, and this is another part you have to do. It said, you must renew your mind. Nugget number four. You must renew your mind to think on the things of God. You have to renew your mind to think on the things of God. That's why I said earlier about what you watch, what you listen to. You can't listen to all this crazy music and stuff and watch these crazy movies. You can't watch movies about women's cheating. And, and you know, and I hate to say it, most of our shows that they say for us and they show our kids is negative, drugs, sex, the girl cheating. They're having drama and this and that, and our kids watching it. But it's our TV show, our TV program for us. I'm not going to say the name, but you know what I'm talking about. And all of it is just craziness. You turn it on, I'm like, what? The sisters fussing at each other. They're doing this. They're doing It's just craziness. So if you're constantly watching that all day, what you think you're going to do? You're going to do the same thing. We don't allow, allow that in my house. I'll go check my kid. What are you watching? What are you watching? Let me see what you watch. Turn it off. I don't, we don't allow it in our house. Now, when you're outside this house, I can't, I don't know what you're doing. I'll try, I hope that you're not still white because it's going to affect you. So you can't watch this stuff and say, well, I'm, you know, that's, that's my people, so I'm supporting, you supporting mess. Yeah, you supporting mess. That's going to mess with your mind and have you all confused when you can just put that aside and just watch something, you know, I'm not saying not to watch, listen to something, especially with the music. The music is crazy. So you can't watch all this craziness. But anyway, Philippians 4.8, it said, finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue or any, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I think on these things. Meditate on these things. And I want to go back up to verse seven, 7. I'm sorry, let's go to verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God will surpass it all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. God's peace will give you such a peace. You're, you're not going to understand a lot of stuff, but when you stay in his word, he will give you peace. Verse 9, it says, and the things which you have learned, and Paul's saying, he's saying, now the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. He said, these things which you have learned of me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying, follow my example. But you must renew your mind. I want to get to this other verse. I know Ephesians 4.20. Go to Ephesians 4.20. Ephesians is the, I, I love Ephesians. You can see I tear it up and I love Ephesians because it tells you who you are, a lot of I am, who you are in Christ. It tells you who you are in Christ. Let's go to 420 while we're wrapping it up. Ephesians 420. It says, uh, but you have not so learned Christ. So you got to learn him by spending time with him. Reading your Bible, praying, spending time with him. If indeed you have heard him, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. 22. He said, but you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what he's saying, you got to take off that old way. When you become a Christian, the world way, don't mix. It's like oil and water. You have to put that off. Or you'll never be a full developed Christian if you come in here doing the same thing that the world do. You got, he said, we are in this world, but we're not of the world. When you become a born-again Christian, the world, you got to shed those worldly things off. And if it's bad friends that you're hanging with, bad people, you got to share them all because you're trying to get to know Christ. You're trying to do things. You can't hang with people. They go to clubs and you go to the church. Because somebody's going to go one or the other. You know what I'm saying? When I first got saved, I, I, I couldn't do it. When I first got saved, I cut off everybody. They're just me. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. But I was in California, so it's craziness going on in California. So I had to cut off everybody and just spend time with Jesus to just develop myself and build my relationship with him. So the more I spent relationship with him, the more I developed become a, a better Christian. A lot of things just were shared off because I was like, how do you do this? How do you be a single man? You've been in the world. You've been doing this. been going to club with girls and this and that. Now all of a sudden you can't do this. God, you got to help me. So for me, I, you can't go to clubs and around that. And if, if you're trying to get somewhere in God, so I tell everybody, build a relationship with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Don't just come to church and build a relationship to where you love Jesus more than anything. And when you do that, it'll be easier to, to sin and the, and the things and the people to fall off. 
Saturday nights, they was calling me to come out. I said, man, I'm about to get in this word and prepare for church. I'm ready to go to church Sunday. I, I, they was like, man, my friends thought I was just crazy. But I fell in love with Jesus. I never felt the love of, of, of God before. I, I was religious, but the, the love of God. So when you fall in love with your Bible and reading your Bible and spending time with God and just praise and worship through the house, it, it, it's a love that you can't explain. So when you have that, you don't want to disappoint him by the sin of the world because that sin is going to take you to the wrong place all the time, all the time. And I know if I would have continued on in my sinful lifestyle, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today if I were to continue on in my sinful lifestyle. So renew your mind with the word of God. And as I said, it's a process. But you have to work the process to reach the end, which is a healing of the soul. That's the whole end we're trying to get to, healing of the soul. God wants you to be healed. The flesh and the spirit fighting for the soul. That the flesh wants you. No, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do this. And I remember when I made a decision to follow Jesus and got saved. I had a buddy that I was hanging out with. And he, we was doing stuff, hanging out with girls and partying and drinking and, and doing that every weekend, just going out. But when I got serious with Jesus, I remember we was in this house and we were smoking, doing drugs in this house and just getting ready to go out. But when I got saved and got serious with Jesus, I didn't just go in there. I said, bro, let's talk. I said, let's sit on the curb and talk. And I sit on the curb and talk. I said, man, I'm not doing that anymore, no man. He's like, what? I said, no, I'm not doing that. I said, got saved and I'm not doing that anymore. We can still be friends right now, bro, and just hang out, but I'm going to church. We want you to come to church, bro, but he didn't want to do it. He said, man, I'm good. I'm just going to still do it. We was smoking. We were doing drugs. Doing, that's when cocaine was proper. We was doing all this, this stuff. And I'm being straightforward with you. And at that moment, on that curve, I made a decision. I said, bro, I said, I'm not doing it anymore. He said, oh, Troy, you taking it too serious, man. You taking it too serious. I said, I, I left him on that curve. I haven't seen it. I didn't see him again for like six months or seven months. Now, he had a job. He was a chef. A good job was a chef. Good job. Had his own apartment, his own car, and everything. In six or seven months, I saw somebody talk to him. Lost his job. Uh, uh, lost his apartment. The drugs tore him up. Say he was skinny. Drugs, cocaine tore him up. Got on drugs. Started messing around. Caught AIDS. Died. Now, he didn't, die that, he didn't die that fast, but he caught AIDS. In the process, he, he died. That's when AIDS was out and all that stuff. What if I would have made a decision, well, I'm just going to continue on with you, buddy, and hang out with you? Where my life would have been? You have to make a decision that's going to change your life. You can't worry about what other people are doing. This brother gone, and I, and I talked to him, and I said, man, you have to make the right decision. He didn't want to make the right decision. His life is gone. Mine's was spared. So you may have to cut off some people who's doing stuff that's taking you the wrong way. You're going to have to. If you, if you value your life, what God is doing in your life, you may have to cut some things off. And I had to make that decision. I'm so grateful that I made that decision. And I wasn't even a stronger Christian at that time. I just got saved. But, you know what I'm saying, is now I'm stronger now and I know better, but I was like, I just got saved. So if you just got saved, if you're not saved, but you don't have the strength of God, I'm about to close in this altar call. 
I think that's it. The time is everything. Can we all stand? I, I want to have an altar call again because we had the altar call Sunday. And, and you know, we got texts and people saying, a lot of people should have been at the altar. And people were just saying they had to make some adjustments. And they, you know, they should have been up here. But fear, pride, and worry about what people think and worry about what people say and all that stuff stop you. I don't want nobody to know I'm offended. I don't want to. You can be offended for a job. You can offend on house, whatever. Offense is offense. You don't have to be just in the church. You can be offended at your husband holding on stuff that you're just mad. Or your wife that you're just mad. You could have been got offended this morning. So I'm going to have an altar call again for anybody who's not saved, who really don't know Jesus, don't know the Jesus that I've met, because I wasn't saved. I didn't know God. But when I went to that church, I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, because I've been religious, I came to church, I was Catholic, just going on Easter and Sunday, you know, you just dress up and you go Easter and Christmas. But I said, if you're real, show me that you're real, and I'll live for you the rest of my life. But I need to know that you're real, that you're not just, you know, I see people in religious life, so he showed me. When I came to that altar, I came with cigarettes. I, I was smoked before I got to the altar. I had a pack of cigarettes in the car. And I smoked and I put the gum, you know how y'all put the gum in your mouth so nobody can smell it, you know what I'm saying? So, and I came to the altar. And when I came to the altar, I said, God, if you're real, here I am. Take this stuff away from me. Show me that you're real. And that day at that altar 29 years ago, I took cigarettes out, took alcohol out, Woman, everything just laid at the altar. I never went back, almost 30 years now. And no one, and I tried the patch, I tried the gum, I tried all of that stuff to stop smoking. But when I give my life to Jesus, he did it. He did it, he cleaned me up. So I want you to know that only Jesus can heal the soul. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.